is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Absalom uses this sacrificial system as a way and a means for personal gain. I wonder how many use the finished work of Christ as a means for personal gain. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Samuel. The book of 2 Samuel, the 15th chapter. We're going to pick it up in verse 12 today. 2 Samuel 15, verse 12. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, let us flee. For we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly, and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And I want to stop right there, and I want to deal with the reason as to why David left the throne of Israel. The reason why David left the throne of Israel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that is under the sound of my voice right now. And Lord, this morning I realize that there are many needs and there are many questions among your people. Father, today I only have words But Lord, I know that with the anointing of your Spirit upon those words that the needs can be met, that your people can be drawn closer to you, and the questions will be answered. And Lord, today I pray that your word will go forth. Help me today to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, may that which needs to be accomplished, Lord, may it be accomplished today. And Lord, we are just careful to give you praise and glory for all that you have done and for all that you're going to do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. This particular episode in David's life is probably the most bitter trial of David's life as Absalom makes his bid for the throne of Israel. 
This was the third of a fourfold judgment that came upon David as a result of his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband, Uriah. All of this started when David's firstborn son, Amnon, took advantage of his half-sister, Tamar, a thing which he ought not to have done. The book of Leviticus, the 18th chapter, the law demanded death to such a one who would do such a thing. And David knew what the law of God demanded, but David did nothing in regards to this. And Absalom hated his father David because he did nothing to address the situation with his half-brother Amnon. So Absalom would take matters into his own hands. He wanted revenge, planned out a scheme, and killed his brother Amnon ran away for some period of years. And after five years of this, Absalom is now brought before David. And David's heart was broken over the death of his son, Amnon. But David forgave Absalom as Absalom knelt before him that day. David forgave him as he should have. Let me tell you this. The Bible says that if we don't forgive those who trespass against us, then God will not forgive so it's important for you as a child of God, and let me say this about that as well. Sooner or later, if you live in this world long enough, sooner or later somebody's going to do you wrong. And it can be difficult to forgive. And you have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, please help me here to Forgive this one who has done thus and so. Although David forgave Absalom, Absalom would not forgive his father David. So what do you do when you're willing to forgive others and you go to them and you ask their forgiveness for things that you may have said and done, but they will not forgive you? What do you do in such a situation as that? There ain't but so much you can do. You don't have any control over what other people do. You've only got control over what you do. So all you can do is forgive them, and if you've done them wrong, ask their forgiveness. But if they don't forgive you, you can't help that. All you can do is pray for them. 
But David kissed his son and restored unto him all the rights and privileges as a son of the king. And Absalom now rides out across the land with the accompaniment of royalty. And instead of using this opportunity to further the work of God, he used it as an opportunity to try to take the throne of Israel. The Bible says that he positioned himself at the gate of the city. That's where all the business transactions took place. And he undermined David's authority. When people would come and they had a suit or cause to bring before the king, Absalom would step in and he would intercept that. And he would say, there is no one who is said of the king to hear your particular case. Oh, but if I were made a judge in Israel, and I could hear your case, then I would do you justice. He would take their hand and he would kiss them, and he flattered the people. And he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And when you read there in verse 7, 2 Samuel 15, verse 7, it says, after 40 years. If this is 40 years after David forgave his son Absalom for the murder of his brother Amnon, then that would mean that David is somewhere in his 90s. So we know that can't be the proper interpretation of this 40 years. Some scholars say that that would be 40 years after Samuel anointed David king when he was somewhere in his mid-teens. So that would mean that David is somewhere now in his mid-50s to late-50s, which that fits the timeline a little bit better, but be that as it may. The Bible says that after a period of time, Absalom comes before his father David and says, when I was in Hebron, I made a vow to the Lord that if he would bring me back into Jerusalem, then I would serve him. And I must needs go and pay my vow unto God. The paying of the vow incorporated offering up a sacrifice, as you can see there in verse 12. The sacrifice in the Old Testament always typified Christ and what Christ would do for us at Calvary, a type of the salvation that you and I today enjoy. And Absalom 
uses this sacrificial system which God has given to typify the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. He uses this sacrificial system as a way and a means for personal gain. I wonder today how many use the finished work of Christ as a means for personal gain. Absalom didn't bit more care about serving the Lord and, and, and offering up a sacrifice and being saved than I'm going to go to the moon yesterday. He saw an opportunity. He took it. And he sent for Ahithophel. Ahithophel was David's counselor, David's top advisor. He was known all over Israel as the wisest man in the world of that day. The Holy Spirit said, 2 Samuel 16, verse 23, that his counsel was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. But yet, the wisdom of this man, it failed him because he sided with Absalom. How can the wisest man in the world of that day do such a thing. Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. He couldn't get over what David had done to Bathsheba and the murder of her husband Uriah. Again, we had this issue of unforgiveness Perhaps he didn't get the recognition that he thought he should have gotten. Whatever the reasons, the wisest man in the world of that day allowed his own personal grievances, anger, and disappointment to cause him to cast his lot inside with Absalom. And this man would lose his soul as a result. And this man endorsing Absalom caused hundreds of thousands in Israel to cast their lot for Absalom as well. By this time, all of Israel knew of David's sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband Uriah. The word of that day, I can imagine, look at David. Look at what he did. This man is not fit to be sitting upon the throne of Israel after what he did. 
my question to you is this. Are any of us fit to be used of God in any fashion? You see, when God sent Nathan the prophet to David, Nathan said, The sword shall not depart from thine house. God said, I forgive you, you will not die. But in all of that, God never said to David, you're not fit, get off that throne. Never one time did God say that. What Ahithophel should have done, along with all of Israel, they should have looked at the situation and said, hey, if God can forgive David, then we should forgive and if God sees fit for that man to stay on the throne of Israel then I'm going to cast my lot with David and stay with David yes that would have been difficult yes that would have been hard but friend let me tell you something when you come up against what God has chosen and what God has anointed that's even harder See, Israel at this time was the most prosperous nation on the face of the earth, and all of it was because of David. The anointing that was upon his life. David, the mightiest warrior in all of Israeli history, pushed the boundaries of Israel to the farthest extent of what God promised Abraham. Defeated all of Israel's enemies. And it was a time of prosperity like Israel had never known. All of the blessings that Israel was enjoying at this time, it was all because of David. And the anointing that was on his life. But few seemed to see that. Few realized that and they sided with Absalom but I want to show you something here now as it pertains to David the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart I want to show you something here in David's heart that we read over it so quickly and we don't allow it time to really sink in. But I want to show you something here in the heart of David. He receives word that the men of Israel now are after Absalom. And when he hears of this word, he tells his servants, we need to depart. Why? Absalom couldn't bit more kill David than I'm going to be the president of the United States tomorrow. But David knew that all of this was happening to him. He knew that this was the chastisement of God upon him because of 
what he had done with Bathsheba. But he didn't know how far God would allow Absalom to go with this. And David makes the decision to leave the throne of Israel. And if you'll look there in verse 14, he said, Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. David left the throne because had he not done so, untold thousands of innocent lives would have been killed. He left the throne to save the people. 2,000 years ago, the greater son of David, Jesus Christ, left his throne in heaven, came into this world, and died on Calvary to save all of mankind from sin and Satan. What we see David doing here in leaving the throne is a type of Christ leaving his throne to save you and I. Now, let me show you something else here and I'll close. If you'll look there in 2 Samuel 15 and verse 24, when David left, and it was quite a number of people that sided with him, they left in a hurry. But David took the ark of God with him. Now wait, let me, let me tell you something. You just didn't walk into the tabernacle and take the ark of the covenant and stick it in your pocket and walk out the door with it. <laughs> David had learned the hard way that there was a, a certain way in which the ark was to be transported. And it was not an easy endeavor he got the priest to pick up that ark the ark was to be borne upon the shoulders of the priest and sacrifices were to be offered up as the ark was being transported and all of this took time and it was a very costly venture. Now I can imagine in the heat of the moment. Those who had sided with David. David why don't you just leave the ark alone? Don't you realize Absalom is coming? He's going to try to kill us. And here you are wasting all this time to take the ark with us. What you going to do with it, David? David said, I don't care what it costs. I don't know how much effort is going to have to go into this. But I won't 
the presence of God. And when David left the throne of Israel, he took the Ark of the Covenant with him. He took the time because he wanted the presence of God. I wonder today how many in the church want the presence of God. You see, much of the church world today is not looking so much for the presence of God as it is looking for the presence of people. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I mean, yes, we've got to have people, and, and people are very important. But when our effort is more toward gaining people than it is the presence of God, then church, we've missed it. And the reason David left the throne of Israel was to save many lives. And when he left, he put in the effort to take the ark of God with him. Because the ark of God represented the glory of God and the presence of God. How much do you want the presence of God in your life? The program today has been a blessing to you, and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message. Just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 